Assalamu alaikum. Hi, hello. Hey, it's your girl Halima. Uh, welcome to Let's Talk Bantu. Um, so today, Ahado isn't with me. You know, I'm on my lonesome doing this highly requested episode. Um, thank, shout out to everybody that requested this, you know. Uh, we were supposed to do this maybe a week or so ago, but I kind of got busy, so I didn't end up, you know, taping this. So I'm doing it now. <laughs> Um, I got, I got all my information that I need, um, you know, ready to just go out here and talk about it. Um, so today we're going to talk about, you know, dealing with grief, um, grief itself, you know, we're going to discuss it and talk about loss. Um, basically I'm just going to go over the meaning of grief, you know, the stages of grief. Um, going to tell, you know, a little personal anecdote um, for the people that didn't take English 101 in college, that means story. I'm just messing with y'all. Um, and then, you know, I'm going to talk about how I dealt with my situation, how other people were talking to me during everything that was going on. And then, you know, I'm going to start explaining the difference between sympathy and empathy and the difference between supporting somebody and comforting them. Um... And then I'm going to talk about how to help someone who is grieving. Um, specifically in that area right there. I got all my information from yakeeninstitute.org. I'll link them somewhere. If you have me on Instagram, well, if you don't, it's some personal Instagram, Planet Halima. Um, but I probably will put it on the Let's Talk Band 2's Instagram account. And you can find that at Let's Talk Bantus on Instagram. So, yeah. Um, and then after that, you know, I'm just going to conclude with everything, you know. Quick little, quick little thing, you know, with God's its own script or whatever. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sick. So, um, yeah, let's get into it. First of all, let me put in my disclaimer real quick. Also, before I, also, before I continue, um... If the sound is sounding eh, offish, um, I don't. We don't really have microphones, so if y'all want to buy us microphones? <laughs> no, nah, I'm kidding. No, nah, I'm kidding. But yeah, we don't have microphones, so that's why it kind of sounds like that. My S's sound very staticky. Um, I don't really know. Exp- yeah, but anyway, so it's a really quick disclaimer. Um, I don't know if I even need to put this in here because. Yeah, but this talk is solely based on online research on the subject and my own personal experience. I am not a licensed anything. I'm not a psychologist, not a therapist, um, not a counselor. You know, just a girl who just went through something, you feel me? Um, So, yeah, let me get into it. So, grief is a natural response to loss, particularly the loss of someone or something that has died to which a bond or affection was formed. Although it's conventionally focused on the emotional response to loss, grief also has physical, cognitive, behavioral, social, cultural, spiritual, and philosophical dimensions. According, And that definition is according to Google. My personal definition of grief is basically the emotional response to loss. Um... So, like, the first part of that whole definition. And I do think that grief um, can also be, like, very physical, cognitive. Like, it has more aspects to it than just um, the emotional response. 
So, so before I go on with um, my stories and everything, I want to talk about the stages of grief. So basically, there's five known stages of grief. There's denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. So now that we got all the definitions and all those things out of the way, I just want to say it's so easy to read about things on the internet and like take information in as a student, but it's a whole other story to experience the things you read about. And that's kind of a duh type of sentiment. It's kind of like, yeah, of course it's different, you know? Like, you don't really know something until you experience it, you feel me? A lot of people's parents would be like, they'll warn you not to do something. Your parents, your family members, your friends, they'll warn you not to do something and you will still do it because it's kind of like, you know, yeah, it didn't work out for you, but maybe it's different for me. And it turns out not to be different for you. <laughs> it turns out that you're not the anom- anomaly. Um, and that really, you just needed to experience that yourself. Your brain was like, oh, we probably can handle it. But it was more like, yeah, we got to learn from this. Like, this ha- this has to be in a real life type of thing. You feel me? Because um, it's, like, so easy to read about things and just, like, take that information in and be like, oh, I, ca- I know what's going on. I understand. But, like, when you experience the things you read about, not me be saying the sentence, you're kind of just, like, your eyes are open to a whole nother experience, a whole nother world. You start noticing other people and start thinking to yourself, how did I not know that you were going through this? You feel me? Like, why can't I relate to you? You know? Um, personally, with loss, I don't even feel like that's something you... I don't know. I don't know. It's like, it's not something you want to relate to. But, like, it's so easy to see somebody going through something and being like, oh... I got you, and then not having that experience, not knowing exactly how they feel and not understanding what's wrong, you know? So, <laughs> um, I'm not laughing because it's funny. I'm just laughing because it's like, wow. You know, things, when, you find, when you're put into a situation, things are really put into, like, perspective. <laughs> um. So, I guess I can start with this with when I was younger. When I was younger, I never used to cry about death, you know? I would cry about every other thing. I was kind of a crybaby. I cried about everything. Like, like missing, missing homework made me cry. Being late for school, movies, TV shows. Um, just everything made me cry. So I used to think there was something wrong with me because I just wouldn't cry about like serious things, you know, something that would really like affect me. The trauma I go through, it just, it made me numb inside, but like little things would have me bawling and younger me was like, yeah, this isn't, this isn't normal. You feel me? Like I shouldn't be reacting like this to little things and like big things. I'm just like, oh, okay. Um, well, I have a really big family, so, like, death really was so common. I feel like when I was, I feel like every other month, somebody important passed away. Like, every other month. Um, that's probably an exaggeration, but 
it just felt that way, you know? And then all the times I would hear the situations and I'll see like my parents, my grandparents, my uncles, aunts, blah, blah, blah. I'll see them get emotional. And I'll just sitting there like, damn, like I feel for you. But like, not really, you know? I think one of the biggest deaths that really took me one of the biggest situations and like one of the biggest deaths that like really impacted me was my cousin uh, when she had passed away in Africa. At first, I didn't really like hearing the news. I remember the situation so vividly. It was my first day of eighth grade. Um, I had planned the like the night before. I had planned out my outfit. I knew I knew what my classes were looking like. I knew who I was gonna see. I was excited to see all my friends, you know, because it's, you know, summertime, I wasn't really seeing nobody that wasn't in my neighborhood, you feel me? I was so excited to see my friends and, and like, you know, link up, <laughs> pull it to the school grounds. What's good? What's good? Um, ugh, not me making not me making a joke about what something serious is going on. That's really what I'm like, though. Like, I used to, like, something serious would happen and I'll just be like, oh, hmm, not a good time, huh? Um, but yeah, so my cousin passed away and that night, like the morning of, it was 4 a.m. and my mom woke me up and I was like, dang, cause like school starts at seven. Um, you don't really got to wake me up at this time. You don't really got to do this. And she's like sat at the edge of my bed and she was telling me, um, Jamila passed away in Africa and I was like, Oh, and she was like, yeah, it happened in Kenya just now. Later June. And I was I was just kind of stuck. I was kind of numb. Um, I didn't really know how to react at the time. And my mom was like, it's okay to cry. And I just couldn't, you know? Like, I couldn't cry. I just kind of, like, stayed up for the rest of the day. And my grandma was in the back, and she was crying. And I could just, like... Like, the house was just full of tears, full of people. Like, they were calling family. You know, everybody was talking to each other. And I was just kind of in my room, like, damn. Like, I didn't really know how to process it. Process it. So, after hearing that news, I kind of just stayed up all night. And I was kind of just sitting there. And I was like, damn. Like, it didn't, like, in my head, I was like, wow, I'm, this is me. I'm never going to see you again. And, like, you know, like, now I can cry about it. Now, like, it took me a while to, like, process. It took me a month. It took me a month to really, like, let it sink in. That day when I went to school, I was kind of just, like, I was in my own world, you know? Like, I was seeing everybody, but I wasn't really seeing everybody. It was kind of just, like damn, this really big thing happened to me, and I'm just here now, you know, just in class, trying to trying to act normal, trying to be cool and cordial, you know, laughing it up with everybody, but, like, in the back of my mind, it was just kind of like, what does this mean, you know, and I feel like I was so old, for it was just such an old age for me to be, like, thinking, thinking about this now, like, I was 12, and I, it was, like, I knew people died. Like, that's kind of like, it happened, like I said, big family. It happened a lot. You'd hear, like, somebody passed away, like, every other, yeah. 
I don't know, I'm like stuttering now because I'm about to cry. But um, yeah, it kind of just like, it just took, it didn't take that much of a toll out of me. It had me feeling numb and it took me like a month. Um, I was going through some other things too. You know, some trauma that 12 year olds should not be going through, you feel me? And it took me a while to like process everything that happened with my cousin. And I was the one that I like had read her autopsy because they were like, they asked how did she die? And it was just, it was just tragic, you know? Um, may Allah have mercy on her soul, you know? And like, that was my first really experience where I was like, oh shoot, wow. Like it really had me thinking about my mortality at age 12. Um, I'm in my middle school. I think a, a lot of people passed away around the time that I was in school and like like directly leaving. There's like a lot of people from, you know, my middle school had passed away and I would hear about it like on Facebook or something. And I'd be like, oh, I knew them. Well, I used to talk to them. And ever since like Jimmy Liz passing, like, People I spoke to like once or twice, when I hear that they passed away, it would just hit me, like it would hurt so much. And like, sometimes I really wouldn't cry, but it would be like, damn, I, I'm really praying for their family and friends. Like, that's so rough, that's so tough, you know? And that kind of like, you know, you just think about death like, but I wasn't really thinking about that. I was just like, dang, like life is so short but it wasn't like it wasn't like oh I should change my life you know I should I should do better you know I should gain better habits it was kind of just like wow I really pray for them I really pray for their families that they get to see them again you know like they got taken away so soon you know that's what I was thinking be like oh they got they got taken away so soon they were so young and all of this would be going on and um, before my brother's passing, I, my freshman year of college, I think, I lost a family friend, a really close friend. Her name was Kate. I lost her to breast cancer. Um, we lost her to breast cancer. And Kate was literally the nicest, sweetest person in the world. And I was in college at this time, but I was still like, wow. You really got, really got one of the good ones, you feel me? And, um, you know, I cried about it for a little bit. But I, it's just like, you know, death has always been on the back of my mind, but that's mostly because, you know, depression. So, like, I, I think about it, but, like, I don't even feel like it really, like, every, like, people will pass away and I will feel it. But like not really feel it. I don't know how to explain it. But I I feel like I would just be numb. Like I'll understand and I'll feel for them and I'll pray for them. I really be praying. For, I don't know. Personally, I don't know if you can pray for non-Muslims like that. But like I would pray for them and stuff. And it it's just like wow. It wasn't until it wasn't until September twenty twenty one where you know something tragic really happened to me and to not to me it didn't happen to me like i wasn't the only one and this affected but like something really tragic happened 
And it kind of like had me like change my whole perspective. Like not really, like it had me actually feeling the stages of grief I talked about earlier. Like I felt like I was really experiencing the things I read about. So on Sunday, September 6th, 2021, um, my family had went to spent had went to the lake um, for a little lake day. We ain't never done that before. Uh, I remember that day like so vividly because I was at work in in like my college town. Like I was back at school and I was at work and I got off work, came home to my apartment saw my roommate and me and my roommate were just chilling and I was on the floor and she was on the couch and we were just on our phones and like I was going through Snapchat and I saw like my little brother posted at the lake and I was like wow we ain't never done that before how could they just you know they always want to do fun stuff when I'm not around you feel me so I called my mom and then I was talking to her for a little bit and she was like she was like oh are you gonna pick up you know, my brother's going to the same school as me, and school started, like, school was going to start on the Wednesday, and it was Sunday, and she had asked me if I was going to pick him up and bring him to his dorm, and I was like, oh, why don't you just bring him to his dorm? You know, you could take him, Ramazani, and Hamadi, my two younger brothers. You could take all of them and, like, just bring them to the dorm together, and they can see his dorm or whatever. Like, mm, not me driving all the way home and then back. You know, and I was like, my car isn't going to fit all of his stuff either. And we talked for a little bit and we came to no conclusion. Um, literally, I don't even feel like a, a lot of time passed. Literally 10 minutes after that conversation with my mom, I like hung up the phone. We we're done talking. I hung up the phone. Literally 10 minutes after that conversation, I was on Facebook. I mean, not Facebook. I was on Snapchat and my cousin texted me. He was like, I'm sorry for your loss. And I was like, I thought he was joking. Like, I thought he was messing with me. And I was like, um, what are you talking about? And he was like, you don't know? And I was like, no. And I was starting to get, like, really worried. Like, my heart was pounding. It was racing. And, like, in my head, I was like, did something happen to my grandmother? Because, you know, she's older. And, like, she she be getting sick. You know, she she's older, you know, an older woman. So I was like, did something happen to my grandmother? And she was, he was like, no, Ramazani and Hamadi drowned at the lake today. Not the voice crack. So yeah, my cousin told me that my little brothers drowned at the lake. And like, it just, it just hit so hard. Like, I was quick. Um, the stage, you know, the stages of grief they talk about, you know, I felt denial immediately. Like, I was sitting there on my bed, and I was sitting there on my bed because I had moved from the living room to the bed, to my bedroom. Like, 10 minutes. I was literally just on the phone with my mom. She was telling them to say hi to me. Like, it happened so fast. And literally, I was like, he's lying. Why would he lie to me like this? You feel me? And he was like, yeah, my brother went to the hospital. Um, like, they can't find them. They're in the water, which was kind of like, damn, why would you tell me that they, you know, they're still in the water? And I, I was like, okay, they're not dead, you know? Because my little brother's 
like a lot of people after everything happened, people were very insensitive. And a lot of people were talking about if they can't swim, then they shouldn't have been. First of all, they were in like they were in like for like the four feet section, like the five like last time I checked, they were like in the five feet section, four feet section. And Hamadi's so tall, like he's super tall. And they weren't like anywhere super deep. And also, they can swim. Like Throughout the week that all of this was going down for me, a lot of people were telling, were like talking about how they can't swim. Why would they even be in the lake if they can't swim? And it was kind of like, for me, it was kind of like, well, first of all, they can't swim. You know, it was really just the time to go. But um, yeah, he he was telling me this, and I like got up and I started like, I just couldn't control myself. Like I never cried like that before. That was the first time that ever like. I mean, duh, I mean, like, yeah, duh, it's your siblings, you know, like, you grew up with these kids, you know, I basically raised them, like, I'm the oldest sister, so I basically raised them their whole life, like, I have so many stories about, like, they were basically my kids, you feel me, it was like, body out, that my kids, you know, passed away. So, I'm gonna try to get through this because mm, it sounds like I'm like, tearing, yeah, I am, I am. But I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get through this. Um, so I was crying, and my roommate came in, and I told her, and like, and like, she was like, "We can go right now. If you want to go, we can go right now." And, like, the school that I'm at and home is, like, it's, like, a two-hour drive. It's really not that bad because um, I'll take the drive. But it's, like, you're going through the mountains. And, like, I feel like it's just because you're passing the mountains. That's only why it feels so long. But, really, back on the west side, I'll drive from Seattle to Tacoma and back, like, twice in a day. And that's basically a whole, like, two hours on the road depending on what time it is. So, it's never, like, anything for me to drive, but at the time, I was, like, like, I was hyperventilating, I can't think stay, and I was, like, the tears were just coming, and I was trying to stop them, but they kept on coming, and, like, she was helping me put on my shoes, shout out to, shout out to my roommate, bro, like, literally, what a, what a A1 fan, both of them, because we had walked downstairs, and I was like, I didn't have my keys. She bought me my keys. She put in a bunch of, like, she didn't even, no, before all of that, I had, like, went outside, and I was just sitting outside for a little bit. I had, like, like stopped myself from crying. I was sitting outside with her for a little bit, and then my other roommate came, and she was asking if I wanted to go home, like, and if I was good to drive or whatever, and I was like, yeah, I could do it, and then my other roommate came in right from work, like, like, right at that moment, she came in, and she was like, are you okay? You know, told her the story, and she was like, okay, we can leave. And we just got in the car. They got me my stuff, and we were just driving out there, and I was on my phone, and people were blowing my phone up. Like, from when I heard it happened, from, like, from when I talked to my mom, and from the time I heard that it happened, probably not even 10 minutes, and then from that time to the time people were hitting me up, asking me what happened, was within like 30, 40 minutes. We were in the, on the drive, and I was just getting the story from everybody. But like, 
you know, my mom wasn't picking up her phone. My little brother wasn't picking up the phone. So I was getting basically a story from my cousins. And they were like, oh, we're just looking for them right now. And I was like, just holding up hope, even though Hamadi was underwater for probably like 45 minutes. But I was still having hope because I was like, it can't be, you know. So, yeah, that day was just, you know, um, that day I really, I really learned about the stages of grief, you know, forcefully. And I forcefully learned about the bystander effect. Um, I understand this is, you know, the bystander effect is, it's a phenomenon in which there'll be people, in which, like, there'll be people, like, something will be happening. And the person who it's happening to will call out for help. And there'll be a lot, like tons of people who will hear their call for help. But each and every other person that hears that call for help expects somebody else to be able to enter that call. They think to themselves, oh, I hear somebody's calling out for help. But if I can hear, somebody else can hear it. And I don't, I don't know if I'm explaining it well, but that's basically the premise. Like if I can hear that person, somebody, that person calling out for help, I'm not the only person in this area, you know? So I bet somebody else is going to be out there and help them. And, like, my little brother, Ramzan, he called out for help. He was in the water, and he was calling out for help because he lost Hamadi. And, like, there was a bunch of people at the lake. It was, like, Labor Day weekend, like, 3 p.m., Labor Day weekend. It was hot, and it's a very popular lake. So there was a lot of people. But, like, it didn't click. Um, according to witnesses, it didn't really click to them that something serious was going on until like until it was like too late, you know. But hearing that part, I was I got so angry because it was like so y'all could have stopped this from happening, right? <laughs> like, you know, at the time I was thinking these people literally just let my brothers die, like. This didn't need to happen to them. You know what I mean? <sighs> so, yeah. Ended up going home, and there was nobody home. Except, you know, my youngest, the younger ones. And um, my little sister, she's like, she was like my age when I first heard about Jimmy Liz's death. And she was like crying. And the other ones are younger than her. So she's like 11, 12, and she was like crying. And the younger ones, the other ones are younger than her. So they like, they didn't understand the situation. And I wouldn't expect them to. But like, I just didn't want to be around anybody. Man, it's a whole lot of crying. I'm really trying to stop myself, but like, I really can't help it. I don't know. Like, this happened so long ago, but, like, yeah. I guess I didn't really, like, I've only, like, recounted my steps from that day a handful of times. So, I guess, yeah, this is normal. But, yeah, when I got home, my friends, like, they got me home. And I just went into their rooms, and I just started crying. Because I was, like, just looking at the posters. They're both really into anime. And like their beds were on, like their beds were just like a mess. Like the room was a mess. Like they, like it was just another day, you feel me? 
And I was thinking, wow, they're never going to be back in here. And I just lay down and I was just crying. <laughs> um, so yeah, my son's got me. My mom finally picked up my phone and got me to the hospital, you know, yada, yada. You know, the whole thing, you feel me? And the rest of the week was just even tougher. Like, I didn't eat. Oh, okay. So I was looking at the um this website. And honestly, <laughs> tell me why. Tell me why my do my myself Halima was like, oh, oh, I mean, I handled it really, I handled it pretty well, you feel me? And then I go to this website and you know, trying to get my knowledge in, and it was like went to seek professional help. And it was really like all my situation. <laughs> everything I was going through, you know, that's when I needed to seek professional help, but yeah, the rest of the week, I, I was going through so much, I wasn't eating, like, they, they kept trying to feed me, and I wasn't really hungry, I wasn't eating, my throat had, like, closed up, I don't know if it was from, I don't know why, but, like, I couldn't speak anymore, I was just, like, I lost my voice, you know, from crying, um, I was just laying in bed, and they kept telling, like, they as like my aunties because I went to like my auntie's place for while everything was going on and they were just like trying to get me to like you know get up you know do stuff but it wasn't really I wasn't really feeling it like like for real and whole time I was like man if I was there man it would have been different if I was there you feel me like I it wouldn't be it would have been like this wouldn't be happening if I was there like I was there blaming myself for it being at school, being at work, because, like, you know, and it was kind of, like, like, now I understand, girl, what were you going to do, you feel me, like, if it was, if it was their time, it was their time, there was no way for me to stop that, prevent that, so what would I have been able to do, but back then, it, it none of that could, could, like, even went through my mind, and I was just, like, thinking crazy, I don't want to say crazy, but I was just thinking roughly, like, yeah, I was going through it, and I was hearing them and seeing them every time I closed my eyes, every time I went to sleep, like, I could just hear them talking, and I was having some delusions. Now that I really think back at it, oh, yeah, I definitely needed to see somebody. The way I was, I was taking it rough. Like, I don't know how other people deal with things, but, like, me personally, I felt all the emotions, and... While this was going on, I mean, people were, like, literally telling me, oh, Halima, stop crying. Be strong for your mom. You got to be strong for your mom right now, Halima. Don't cry. Don't cry. You know, you know, crying too much is a sin. Mm, I'm going to get into that later. But, like, it was a it was a lot of things. Those people trying to give me advice. Um, I just really want to sh- give a shout-out to the people that reached out to me. Shout out to my non-Muslim and my Muslim friends who reached out to me. Shout out to everybody that reached out to me that week. I really appreciate y'all because I was going through it. Like, I was down, you know? Down to the point that, like, to this day when people tell me I'm so strong, I'm always kind of like, hmm, hmm, thanks. But, like, hmm, man, you should have saw me the week of because, you know, I wasn't even a little bit strong that week so yeah um it was just tough that week of the month 
the next couple like my friends really helped me through everything but like it was really hard um so yeah i basically <laughs> it's taken me so long to like what they don't tell you about the stages of grief actually i feel like they do tell you this i'm not really sure i don't really remember what it was <laughs> ap site but like Everything doesn't really always happen immediately. Um, maybe the first three stages for me happen immediately. Oh, the other, st the last, you know, the last stage, depression. Oh, that was a while. That was a while. Even when my, even when I was hanging out with my friends and I was smiling, laughing, like that's just really who I am. Like y'all can probably hear it now when I'm talking. Like I'm joking, you know. It sounds like I'm smiling. I don't know if y'all can tell that I'm smiling or not. But, you know, it sounds like I'm laughing, but, like, I just kind of just be holding stuff in, you know, to the back. So, the depression stage lasted a while. Um, It took a while to get to acceptance. And acceptance really required me to sit back and go back to God, back to my religion. Back to the job, you know, to where it all started. And, you know, a lot of people don't really have I know people don't really believe in God don't believe you know whatever and no nah, I really needed God at that point so yeah um one thing I really didn't walk with or didn't really like I was really um I'm really thankful for you know the people who allowed me to like just cry to just talk to just be there who were just there for me you feel me the people who called Man, there was a lot of people who just called. Like, I really appreciate them. I had my, I had some old ustedes that, like, came and called and talked to me. And, well, like, I am so grateful for them. You know, I have to really, like, you know, the people in my life, even when I don't really talk to them, they was there, which is, like, what I expect people to be, you know, when something tragic happens. And a lot of people... Like, it was on the news and everything. So there's just a lot of strangers who show love, who sent stuff, who came, who just came. Um, I'm going to talk about how to help someone with grieving later. Shout out to Yakin Institute. But, man, oh, my gosh. Like, just the people. It was it was great, you know? Like, like it wasn't really, like, you know, those people that are like, oh, everything's going to be all right. And it's kind of like, mm, mm. So yeah, I want to kind of talk about you know the people, what people are saying, and um, first of all, I feel like with you know my my sibling situation, um, it was posted on the news, and then the GoFundMe went live, and my friend, bless her heart, she made a GoFundMe, my mom's friend, she made a GoFundMe, and like shout out to everybody that donated, you know I really appreciate y'all, and um. You know, a lot of people support, you know, supported, shared, all that. Um, and once that went live, the photos, the, you know, baby pictures were up everywhere and everything was on the news. I, that's when I, I went on social media. I went on social media. Like, at first I wasn't really going on my phone. My phone was continuously being blown up. Um, people were adding me on, like, I was getting so many, um, I was getting so many people that were adding me on Snapchat, and I kind of, I kind of posted like everything that I was going through on Snapchat, like at the time that it was happening. And honestly, it's kind of, it's kind of a therapy to be able to just 
be able to just write whatever and just talk out loud about how you're feeling. It's its own little therapy, even though I feel like you should probably just have somebody that you're comfortable enough to do that with instead of posting it everywhere. But, you know, you live and learn, I guess. But yeah, um, I went on the internet and on the article, you know, people were just talking. People, people, there was, I think there was like two people on the whole thread that had blamed my mom for the situation. And they got shut down immediately as they should. Shout out to our community. We love it. They got shut down immediately. And there was also a situation which, um, you know, I'm Muslim. And we don't really post the deceased everywhere, you know, with their faces showing and everything. And there was, like, a photo of my little brother that my other brother who, um, Ali, he had posted them. And I told him to delete it. And, like, this little girl who I don't even think knew any of my brothers, like, for real, she posted on Facebook. Um, she posted on Facebook. Didn't really have the link to go from me or anything. And I was really, like, it was just, you know, it was just her showing her condolences. But it was kind of like I was telling people specifically not to post them, to let their souls rest, um, to not disturb them. You feel me? And I was telling people specifically, do not post, you know, pictures of my brother's face. Um, I can't really do anything about the GoFundMe, but I would like to minimize, you know, you know, I can't do anything about their Instagrams or anything, but I'd like to minimize the faces being shown around. And this girl, like, um, she apologized, and so I'm not really, honey, you know, mad at her or anything. But like, she had posted the, you know, condolences and stuff, and my friend had sent it to me, and I was like, wait a minute, am I blocked? I wasn't at first. So I was like, oh, can you, like, take this down? Like, you can repost the status or whatever, just without their photos. And then she blocked me. And then I was, it was kind of just like, I just found that so disrespectful because I'm the, I'm their sister, you know, family member, direct family member. And I'm telling you, please delete this thing about my sibling. Please delete it, you know, and you're going to block me? Odd. Odd. Shout out to everybody who came at her um, because that was so odd. That was so disrespectful. Wow, but um, she, her and her mom, or I don't know, I don't remember who the issue was with, but she, the girl specifically, she had um apologized, and I, I very much appreciate for her for that. You know, she took it down after people were terrorizing her, but yeah, she took it down. So yeah, that was some, that was a, something that happened, and then also people would come to our people the day of the day the tragedy happened you know i was kind of you know emotional i was a mess um you know you know you're not supposed to like cry and like be very like bawling and sobbing and throwing yourself on the floor and stuff you know that kind of you're not supposed to do that you know but i was just crying you know silent tears you know sobbing you know can't help can't help my breathing you feel me when i'm crying and there's so many people that would be like, oh, be strong for your mom. Don't cry. Hold back your tears. Don't cry. Be strong. And it was kind of like, this isn't even, like, a part of the sooner or anything. Like, you just want me, like, I can't help Harmon. Yeah, I'm not the only person that lost somebody. But still. 
but still, like, uh, hmm. <laughs> like I'm not, I'm not, no meaning. To, I don't mean to laugh. I really don't. But like, yeah. Man, I'm going through a lot of emotions this this one. But like people would be like, be strong and don't cry. Even and they'd be like, Oh, religiously, oh, it's hot it's hard on to cry like this. So and it's like, first of all, I'm twenty one. Um, I had some other traumatic things that happened to me, but I didn't even see them as trauma until like later on in life. So, you know, this is fast, this is happening right now. They this is my siblings, grew up with them. They passed away. I'ma cry. Like, yeah, oh, you're a big girl, but like, okay, and I'ma cry. And people saying it's haram to cry, where? Where does that, e where does it even say to cry, to just cry? The Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he manifested his grief on different occasions. Like, he, the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he lost so much in life. And he he cried, yeah, yeah. The prophet cried because grief is a human emotion. I mean, not emo, like it's a human response. Like, what? It's very common. I mean, like it's very, what's the word? It's very raw. Like. When we go through things, we tend to cry. When we experience something, we tend to cry. And that's just how how we express ourselves. So I don't understand the whole, oh, control yourself thing. Because it's kind of like, why would you say that? <laughs> like, why would you even say that? Even the prophet cried. Y'all know he did. He lost six out of his seven children during his lifetime. He lost his wife, Khadija. And his uncle, the same year, like, he wasn't a rock, you know? It's a human emotion. Anyways, I was going to bring in the hadith in which the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he visited Sa'id ibn... <laughs> when I speak, Arabic names will be getting me. I'm sorry if I mess anything up. When he visited when he visited Sa'id ibn Ubaidah during his illness, he was accompanied by... um. I'm reading this off or something. Abdurrahman ibn Uf and Sa'id Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqas and Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. May Allah be pleased with them. And the messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa he began to weep. Mm -hmm. And when his companions saw this, their tears also started flowing. He, sallallahu alayhi wa said, Do not hear. Allah does not punish for the shedding of tears or the grief of the heart, but punishes or bestows mercy for the utterance of this. And he pointed to his tongue. You know, from that hadith, you can help you get the whole message in which crying is all right. It's basically... I'm pretty sure the um, the sins come from the things that you say from your tongue, which I agree. I had said some things when everything was going on that were basically things I shouldn't have been saying. Also, the hadith is from Sayyid Bukhari number 1304. You see me throwing in hadith for y'all. And the prophet cried. He weeped. 
Allah does not punish you for crying, for shedding tears, for experiencing grief. What is wrong with y'all? Why do you guys go to funerals? Not you guys. But why would do certain people go to funerals or go to places of sadness and then expect people to not be sad? It doesn't make sense. Why did you come to the funeral a funeral and tell somebody to stop crying? What is wrong with you? You know, and honestly, I'm not even going to attack them like that. That was so rude of me to say. But, like, no. Like, I feel like a lot of people seem to misunderstand the whole issue. The issue isn't crying. It isn't experiencing grief or crying. Literally, grief doesn't have a specific time range. And especially if the day of, why are you expecting me not to grieve the day of? Yeah, there's there's men out here that do not cry, like, or they cry once. There's people out here that do not, like, like, cry once something happens and then it just blank, stop. And I'm not that person. So I don't know how you are going to expect me to become that person in the next five seconds of you telling me to stop crying at a, at a funeral for two of my young, okay. But, yeah, I don't really mean to be like that. But, like, stuff like that kind of irritated me. Um, It's not... I think that's the worst way to deal with somebody that's grieving. To tell you, telling them to stop. Like, I don't mean to laugh. But, like, I can't believe that happened to me. Like, I can't believe people would tell you to... Like, um, yeah, we're gonna cry. This just happened. Like, where are we? Like... They're not even in the ground. They weren't. So they weren't even in the ground yet. And you're already like, yeah, I'm gonna be crying. Like, I don't know. You know. But alhamdulillah, we got. We we're still out here. You know, still staying strong. You feel me? And now learning not to tell people to not cry when something sad happens to them. And to stop assume and stop saying that crying is a sin. Mm. I'm not gonna say she doesn't know the dean, but like it's just some things that like an easy Google search. Or just don't say it because it's insensitive. You know, like quick. Quick. Quickly. <laughs> I'm sorry. So the main reason why this whole talk was highly requested because um, people want to know how I dealt with um, my situation, you know, dealt with the loss of two younger siblings. Personally, I kind of just let it all out that week. Um, I feel like the rest of the month I was extremely distracted. Like, I got distracted and, like, it was always in my mind, but, like, it wasn't, like, there was things happening that couldn't give me time to, like, sit down and cry. Except work. When I was at work, I was crying at work. Like, I would go to the bathroom, and I would just cry. And, like, my boss was very understanding. Shout out to Alex. You know, Alex Lee, if you listen to this. The best manager ever. Period. Um, But, yeah, my boss was very understanding. I mean, I also feel like, what? How are you going to be? Yeah. So, 
I kind of let everything out that week, the week of. I know everybody's different, but me personally, it was, it was rough. I mean, duh, but like, it was rough and people were telling me to like, hold in my emotions. And it was kind of like, um, sir, no. Um, the week of, I had a talk with my friend and my friend, uh, I'm not gonna air his business like that, but I talked to him and that really made me feel better. So I think it's also important to have a support system or to just have somebody who can be very empathetic, who can be very supporting and who can be there for you in your time of need. Just somebody who can let you just sit there in silence and just cry or somebody that can hug you or support you any way you need. I mean, a lot of people don't really like to be hugged. Personally, I was kind of, I was really awkward when people hugged me, but like, you know, <laughs> hugs be awkward sometimes, you know? And if I'm crying, like, Shout out to the people that helped me, though. Who are, like, I really appreciated that. So just having people who are there, who are around me, who who are willing to just listen to me talk, are willing to just sit there with me in silence, are willing to just take, you know, <laughs> walks at 12 a.m. <laughs> in a small college town with me. I feel like that was really important. And, like, I really appreciate those people with like sincerely, like those people are really my people. I feel like having somebody who's there to help you grieve is important. Having people who care about you specifically, you cannot do this alone. It's not, it's not, it's not a one man journey. You feel me? Like it's not something you can just handle and be and do it alone. Even even people who I feel like are like very much closed off when things happen. Even for them, I feel like we're human. Um, specifically, people that are like that, I've noticed that it's like men or guys who are like really closed off with something tragic or traumatic happens to them. And I feel like we're human. Even if you're like, oh, I don't need nobody. I don't need anybody. I feel like, yeah, you do. Because it's very human to need human connection, to need somebody to be there for you. And it's all right. It's all right to cry. As a man, it's definitely all right. Um, it's all right to ask for help, to ask for somebody to be there for you, to ask for somebody to hold your hand, to ask for somebody to listen to you. And if you don't, and if these people don't want to hear you out, listen to you, okay. So now you know, mm, these aren't the type of people I would want around. Like, it's pretty simple, you know? Um, so yeah, it's really just having the right people around you and letting yourself succumb to the emotions for like, succumb. Second, I don't know. Just let yourself with the emotions. You feel me? Um, and another thing is probably stay off the internet. Um, if this loss was something that was like really big, like if it was on the news and like your whole community knows about it, and like even complete strangers know about it, I think it's best to stay off the internet or like stay off places like Facebook. Um, because there are so many negative, hateful, spiteful, like, bitter people in this world that, like, are just mean for no reason. You know, it doesn't even make any sense. And I feel like at that point, you just got to stay off sites in which you're, like, um, I don't know how to explain it. Sites in which you can, like, see, like, random people's comments. You feel me? Like, Facebook. Like, 
I wouldn't say Snapchat. I mean, if you don't want to be, don't be on Snapchat either. If you don't want to be on Snapchat, but I feel like with Snapchat, it's like you get to choose what you look at, who you look at. You know, stuff like that. But like Facebook, you can go on the article and just swipe, and then boom, that one negative comment, that one spiteful, hateful person will literally just like have you on rock bottom again. Um, a third thing is to celebrate their life this shout out to one of my closest one of my friends for this i was about to say closest friends not to say that she's not close but we don't really talk like that but shout out to one of my friends i had oh the, another step would be another thing would to be ask ask like i had asked people how i should deal with this like me personally i have friends who went through things like this and when they pulled up and gave their condolences i was like i don't know how to handle this what helped you and I just took the advice you feel me so it's good to like just if you really want to just ask you know um but yeah number three would have been um would be um or number five I'm not really numbering these you can number them um would be to like celebrate their life you know do things that they would have liked do things, do the things they like to do, things they like to do with you, things they just enjoy, you know, find happy memories and just cherish them. I feel like that's just so important. Um, it kind of, I, I don't, in a way it's like they live through you with you enjoying or like doing the things that they once liked. It's like they're living through you, you know. Um, always remember them. I know sometimes it's really hard to, like, think back of the good old times. But, like, I also feel like it's important to remember who they were. Because, I mean, nobody really dies. Like, not in, I mean, maybe in the physical. But, like, spiritually, I mean, if you're religious. Like, nobody really dies. Like, they're just in another plane of existence, you know. So, remembering them keeps them alive for you, you know, they're still, they're out there, you know, in their own, their souls out there, you feel me? So, like, you remembering them, though, it, like, I feel like by you remembering them, they, like, come back to you, you feel me? They'll see you, they, they, yeah, I don't know how to explain it without sounding crazy, but it's not even a Islam thing, I don't know if it's Islamic, but, like, you remembering them, or you thinking about them, or you doing the things they, they once enjoyed, or, like, just telling stories about them like i feel like they're listening they can listen in on that they can see that they can appreciate that and they're always with you so like you might as well you know i don't know where i was going with that i kind of just went into a tangent um but yeah i think those were like the main ways i dealt with with my loss also oh last thing also reach out to people that cared about them too like, their friends, um, reach out to their family if it was, like, in the family. Reach out to them and just connect with those people because those people need you just as much as you need them, you know? Like, y'all need each other, so you might as well be there for each other, you feel me? Okay, so now we're going to talk about the difference between sympathy and empathy. Um, dictionary definitions. 
Sympathy is feeling pity and sorrow for someone else's misfortunes, while empathy is the ability to understand and share the feelings of others. Now, I want to like bring these two differences around because I feel like when others are trying to support someone or like be there for someone who's grieving, they like it's sympathy's cool. I mean, but like people who go through things, people like they feel the sympathy. They feel you pitying them, pitying them, and like just feeling sorry for what they're going through. And it's like they don't really need that. You know, I don't really need you to feel sorry for me right now. You know, it's better for you to like be empathetic, you know, understand me, share my feelings, like bounce off bounce off me, you know, be there for me, just and I'll be there for you. Like I need empathy. I need more I need people to be more empathetic because with more empathy you actually get you actually help, you know. Empathy empathy helps people. Sympathy's not really doing anything for me or for anybody, I feel like. Hmm. Okay. So now that I got through how I dealt with everything, the difference between sympathy and empathy, you know, everything, I want to explain how to, like, I want to talk about how to help someone who is grieving. And this is according to yakininstitute.org. I mentioned them like three times already in this one episode. They should sponsor me. Nah, that's a joke. <laughs> I'm kidding. And I really liked this page that I specifically got on. So yeah, that's going to be... Mm, I don't know. I had to talk to Ahado about putting it on. Let's talk Bantu's thingy. So that's definitely going to be on, you know, my personal Instagram's bio. So, yeah. So, how to help someone who's grieving according to yakininstitute.org. So I kind of just picked and choose things that I like, things that I thought that were really helpful for me. I'm pretty sure everything, I got everything from each of her bullet points. But um, I kind of, I tried to use my own words. I wasn't trying to plagiarize. So first things first, leave the cliche statements alone. Um, I know people really be trying to be helpful. And I really appreciate that. But sometimes it's kind of like when you're going through something and like everything will be okay. First of all, mm, I don't think everything will be okay. It's kind of, it's one of those things, like, I didn't really mean to come off rude to anybody um, who was trying to help me. But also, what happened was for the best. Those two statements, literally, the what happened was for the best thing irritated me so much. Because my little brothers just died. They passed away today. I'm no longer gonna see them. Um, no, no longer gonna speak to them. And you're gonna sit here. I know you're trying, but you're gonna sit here and tell me what happened was for the best. Um, I had one of the old Dixie teachers at the at the burial. He had said, um, "A lot takes." something and gives you and gives you something better um i feel like we all know that saying and it's beautiful you know but at the burial specifically it was kind of like i was kind of just like numb so i was kind of just sitting there like hmm okay 
Um, I'll probably realize that later, but right now, that's not really doing anything for me. I feel like it's bad to say that, but it was kind of just how I was feeling at that moment. Like, yeah, I know, but give me a second. Let me, like, they passed away Sunday, and he said he said this on Tuesday. And I was kind of just mm, a little too soon, you feel me? But I mean, thank he's such a he's such a kind man. So I don't really blame like thank you for that. I really do appreciate that. But yeah, everything will be okay. Um let's try something else. I feel like the cliche statements, like I understand you're trying to be there for somebody, but saying the same old things that people say all the time, just trying to talk, I feel like you can leave that alone. You know, we can we can leave that in the dust. Okay, next thing, it's support the person, meet them emotionally wherever they are, recognize that they need and help them meet those needs if possible and show empathy. So this specific thing was going in on the difference between supporting somebody and comforting them. And um, according to the article, the difference between supporting and comforting is um, comforting someone implies that you're trying to rescue them from their pain, end quote. And supporting them is helping them however they need help. And um, I kind of feel it. Like, it's good to be comforted sometimes. But, like, I also, it's also, I feel like it's really important to help your friends, to support them, to be there for them where they're at right now. Because if they're, like, this thing just happened, just meet them emotionally where they're at, be there for them, listen to them, help them meet their needs that they're, going through because they're not really in the best state of mind so it's really important to just meet them where they're at and help them out help them pull like help them out help them pull themselves out you feel me like you don't you can't just pull them out you feel me it, it doesn't work that way um the next thing is be genuine period period um it's nothing like people just talking to you just to talk like i don't understand like, personally, I'll give condolences, but, like, if I don't really have anything else to say, I kind of just don't say anything. Because you don't really want... Because, personally, I didn't really... I don't think any of my friends actually did anything that had me, like, uh. But, like, they all felt really genuine. But, like, I don't, like... Nobody really spoke to me just to pass the time. And I feel like it's important to not just say just anything. Because it's all right to just be in silence. I rather I rather just be quiet, and also it's all right to let people cry, even if it's in complete silence and they're just crying. Like I guess I don't understand it feels awkward, but it's only awkward if you make it awkward. <laughs> um, number four, if you want to comfort them physically, always ask them first. Um, uh, like I was saying before, there are people that be hugging me, and I I appreciate it. I'd appreciate, I appreciate it. I'm speaking solely on me. I don't really, other people are different. You know, everybody's, like, the way people handle grief is all different. But for me, I was kind of like, um, thanks for hugging me. But not right now. So I feel like it's really important to, like, if you're going to, like, hold somebody's hand, hug them, just wrap your arms around them, ask them first. Um... Because some people are just uncomfortable with things like that. Don't make 
people who are already going through something very uncomfortable, uncomfortable. Um, number five, if the person wants to talk about the dead, follow their lead and participate in conversation. If they don't want to talk about the dead, respect the decision. Um, this was really important. Shout out to, shout out to um, my half sister and shout out to my friend. Cause they were just like, just hearing how they go, how they went through what they went through and like how they dealt with everything. It really helped me and just like being able to just be allowed to talk about my situation, hear them talk about theirs. It was kind of just like, it was very comforting. It was very supportive. It was very supportive. Um, so yeah, I kind of, I really liked that one. Um, what is that? Five, six. If you're unsure on how to support them, just ask and point. Don't make assumptions about um, how you should help somebody. I feel like you should ask. Because sometimes it's like, oh, I didn't really need you to do all that. You know? And so, like, people will be going through things. And they can be a little mean, but it's kind of like, you know, like, just ask them, you know? Um, what was that? <laughs> Sorry, these aren't really numbered. Um, seven, spend time with them. Important, you know, ask them if they want to spend time, hang out, you know, all that jazz. Just be there. Um, eight, help them with errands, buying groceries, watching the kids, do household chores. Important, important. Love that. Um, one thing I love, I, I love about the community, our community, the Bantu community, is that when something happens to somebody, you know, Everybody goes to Fides. <clears throat> if I said that incorrectly, my bad. But everybody goes to the to the person's house, you know. Um, the person who had to deal with this house. They cook for them. They help them with anything they need. They help them with errands. They buy groceries. They help them with chores. They're just there, and I really like that. That's very supportive. And even in song, it's like that's something you should be you should do when something happens to somebody. When a tragedy happens, go over to their house. Help them with what they need help with cook for them if they needed. That's such a kind gesture. And it like it doesn't really cost you anything to just help somebody out, you know? But if you're gonna help them out, don't be condescending or be like, oh your house is so dirty. Like let me clean it up for you. <laughs> That's like microaggressive. Like okay, don't do that. Um nine, check up on them even after the funeral. This is important because I feel like once after the funeral happens and like life goes back to normal um quotation marks goes back to normal for everybody else it's kind of like you're just you're like your life doesn't really go back to normal you know like everybody else is just like okay well this was cool nice little funeral um you know how they say funeral food is the best food yeah yeah they're like nice little funeral cool food all right i'm gonna catch you and like yeah i guess life goes Life goes back to normal for a lot of people, but it doesn't go back to normal for the person who's going through what they went through. So I feel like it's really important to, like, well, at least ask them if they want to be checked upon. But, like, always check up on them, even after everything that's happened. You know, once once in a while, just, you know, see how they're doing. Be there. You feel me? And then the last thing, number 10, is make do app for them. Pray for them and their loved ones. I really, this is very, this is a really good one. I, I be praying for everybody. I don't know if that sounds weird for me to say that out loud. I don't know if that nullifies anything. But once something happens, um it's just like it's just natural to pray for people or pray for 
whatever the thing that the person who experienced that thing. Um, but if it's not natural for you, I feel like it's really important to pray for them. Whether you're Christian, Muslim, Jewish, you know, I guess there's other religions too. <laughs> but like, it's just like pray for them, make do out for them. Um, just, you know, help them, like, tell a lot to take away their suffering. I don't know. Ask a lot to take away their sufferings. So, yeah, when it comes to grief, nothing is really um, the same. Everybody experiences grief differently. Everybody grieves differently. We aren't all the same. You know, we're all humans. We're not all the same. And things are different for everybody. You know, everybody's different. Everybody's a different person. So I feel like it's really important to understand those people's differences so you know how to help them in a supportive way, in the right way, you know? But I also feel like another thing, oh my gosh, I didn't even mention this. One thing that really helped me was my religion. Deal with everything was my religion. Because my religion basically, it gives you the blueprints to everything. Like, just lays it out. Islam just lays out all the blueprints for you. And it's just like, yeah, just look at them. Go look at the blueprint. You feel me? And it really helped me, like, come to acceptance with everything. And, you know, just be able to kind of move on with my life a little bit. Yeah, I cried in this episode. But, like, I'm still... You know, I still came to accepting, came to understand that nothing in this world really belongs to me or belongs to you. Nothing in this world belongs to anybody. Nothing material, nothing, like, no human, cat, dog, bed, house, nothing belongs to you. Like, everything, anything can just be taken away from you like that, like, so quickly. Life can just turn around and can go from it's high to its lowest of lows or it can go from the lowest of lows to the highest of highs people pass away be like like people die all the time every day and it's like death isn't really the end of anything i mean if you believe in i'm not trying to force anybody to be religious but if you believe in god you start to realize that death doesn't really mean the end of anything nothing really ends after death you know, you know, Jake's yellow. You only live once. Remember when people like, no, it's yellow. You only die once. Yeah, you only die once. You know. Um, you have, you can, you got, you got another life coming for you, friend. So, yeah, you just gotta really understand that nothing in this world belongs to you. Nothing, nobody really truly dies. Like it's not the end. You know. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says he does not burden his soul beyond what it can bear. So that situation you're in right now, whatever you're going through, you can, there's a reason why you're going through it, first of all. And God knows you're strong enough to go through it. A lot of people are like, oh, Halima, you're so strong. You went through something so traumatic and you're just up and bubbly. Well, yeah. Thing First things first, everybody dies, you know. Second thing, God doesn't, Allah doesn't, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he doesn't really um, just give you things that has you, he doesn't have you deal with things that you cannot deal with, with things that you cannot handle. So I know, like, no matter what, it's kind of like, I got to go through it. I got to get it over with because time is still moving. I'm still alive, alhamdulillah. And, like, we're just, we're just on this planet. 
on this rock, just moving. Days are numbered. Days keep going. Like, I can't control that. So, I understand that, like, I just have to do what I gotta do, you feel me? Just understanding that, you know, life is what it is. You know, like, we're all here until we die, you feel me? And even after we die, it's like we're technically. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Another thing is grieving never fully ends. Um, like, you can accept it, but still be back to grieving. Like, you, like healing isn't a one-time thing where it's just like, oh, I've healed from this, you know? Like, it's continuous. Like, you got to heal every day, every month, every week, you know? Like, you, like, yeah, you accepted it, but, like, you can't just heal from something just like that. It lasts forever. Plus, that was a loved one. That was a family member. That was a f- close friend, um, neighbor. I don't know. Like, like yeah, you're going to be still sad about them. Even 30 years from now, you're going to look back and be like, oh, I missed so-and-so. Because, yeah, you're human. You Of course you're going to miss those people. It's not like they just stopped existing after they died, you know? They're always there with you in your memories, maybe spiritually, depends on your own belief. But regardless, they're there with you in your memories always and forever. And you got to understand that this life isn't meant to be perfect. Like, if life was perfect, like, I would have whatever I want right now. And I don't have it because, you know, it's just life. So, yeah. Thank you. Thank you guys for listening in. Hmm, I really appreciate it. Ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to my TED Talk. Well, not anymore. Um, I really want to shout out, you know, all my friends and my family. You know, all the people that was there for me. Multiple shout outs, you know. Um, and I just want to say I'm to love for everything, you feel me? It's something hard to deal with, but I believe you can go through it, you feel me? Um, there was times where I was kind of like, I probably would have um, probably would have done some things I would have regretted. And it's, like, it's very easy to fall into traps like that, to fall into, like, addictions and stuff. Um, I cannot really relate, so I'm not going to speak on it. But I just feel like you got to, you know, just watch yourself. You just got to find yourself a system, a, a support system, an actual system, whatever, that will help you go through what you're going through. And I really want to shout out everybody in my support system. Shout out to everybody who was there for me when that happened and who's still there for me now. You know, I really appreciate y'all, you know. I, and shout out to the people who asked for this. I feel like this was very beneficial. Um, it was a little bit more, I think it was a little bit more, um, you know, it had a vision. You feel me? It was more of straight line vision. Shout out to the script. Because <laughs> um, I could, like, literally, I don't know if y'all be paying attention to the other podcasts, but I could literally be on one subject and just fumble, just be everywhere. Like right now, you know, I just be on tangents. So yeah, shout out to everybody. Yeah, thank you, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, if you would like to, you know, feature in our podcast in a little chat, um, just hit me or Hado up on Instagram, Snapchat. Hado has Facebook. I do not. And um, Instagram, yeah, Instagram. Go follow us on Instagram at Let's Talk Bantus. You can message us message us over there with any questions or concerns or anything you want to add or any like thing you want us to talk about or if you want to like be a part of the podcast yeah
<laughs> so, yeah, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, I'm going to catch y'all. Bye. Assalamualaikum.